And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks in... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 118 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Brian. And I'm Megan. Oh, that was the third take of an intro. That's fun. How's everybody doing? <laughs> it's really uh, early. <laughs> yeah, it, it is pretty early. It is, but the early bird gets the podcast. All right. At least that's how I think that saying goes. I've been breathing paint fumes all week, so what do I know? If I could get technology to quit fighting me, we uh, we might get through this. <laughs> yeah, Brian's in open revolt against the robots, or vice versa. And Soviet Russia, robots revolt against you? Yes. I must be in Soviet Russia. <laughs> <laughs> so, a few years ago, when Russia invaded the country, Georgia, there was a high school near my hometown not the one i attended although one of my siblings did attend this one that spent an <laughs> i entire already know where this is going <laughs> fielding calls from parents wanting to know if school was canceled for the day and if they needed to come pick up their kids because russia was invading georgia yes i just learned a yeah. lot in that period <laughs> Including Somehow, you're from I, I, the country, Georgia? No, we're from the state of Georgia. I swear to God, I thought you said when I was in the country, Georgia. Okay. No. The, 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 when Russia invaded the country, Georgia. Yes. None yes. of this is relevant. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, at some point in there, I think I like imagined a sentence that wasn't actually said. I'm like. I was trying to think of how we could tie it in, like if somebody invaded somewhere in a comic this week, but I don't... I mean, every comic, isn't that what it is? Just invasion? Yeah. I mean, the New World was invasion-based to some degree. Okay. Uh, I didn't finish it, though, because <laughs> I've been moving and packing and painting, not all in that order, basically all three simultaneously. Hi, I'm going to do a great job of hosting this week. That's what I'm telling everyone now. <laughs> Time for uh, Brian to take over hosting. To it. Oh, oh wow! I don't... Welcome to the first six-hour-long episode of Panelology. <laughs> <laughs> That's not uh, completely wrong. <laughs> Meg, how are you? I'm great. Awesome. Mister and Mrs. X, number one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm fighting a summer oh, cold and coming off the cold medication at the moment. It's, oh no. it's going to be one of those weeks. Yeah. Here we go. Mission Miss Sex. Man, man, did I love this book. Oh, it's so good. It, it is. And I'm telling you what, like, I knew because, I mean, I read the, the Rogue and Gambit miniseries that she wrote. Yep. But 
oh my god, the artwork in this too. Oh, it's perfectly gorgeous. fits this story and this book. I love it. My favorite thing about this is just how like natural and funny the two of them are together while they're fighting. Yes. Right <laughs> down to Gambit teasing Rogue for grabbing a whip. Oh yes, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I my my favorite part had to be the 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 road getting ready. Of that course, was I may good just too. Be, I'm, I may just be saying that because I don't want to be on Team Gambit though. <laughs> I was about to say team, <laughs> not Team Gambit. <laughs> right, not Team Gambit. Oh, hashtag not Team Gambit. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, Rogue's mom show even shows up. Yes, she does, and I teared up. I get it, but I teared up. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, I'll be honest. I don't know exactly what her status is right now with the whole mutant world. I really have no clue. I'm trying to think about when the last time I saw her was, and I think she was like. Some sort of shadow ruler in Madripoor making mutant growth hormone. But that oh. was the Bendis run, and that's been at least a couple of years now in real time. All right. Um, yeah, like you said, the, 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 the fight sequences, like the, the, the sequences themselves, the layouts of the fight are, are awesome. And the dialogue during it is... I, I, it can't beat in my opinion it's great it is and we get so I guess maybe kinda I don't know I I always feel weird calling spoilers in a first issue but maybe spoilers <laughs> there is a uh, galactic tchotchke near the end yeah is the that the only ones who can go get it is that Part of the, uh, and I'm going to just go ahead right now, and the only time I've ever heard this word said out loud is on the animated series. Is that the Imkran crystal? Or a shard of uh, it? Oh, the one that uh, um, that they tried to destroy the universe with? Yes. The Shi'ar did? Yes. Uh, See also X-Men Grand know. Design, second Genesis yeah. number one. Yeah, I was going to say, how, how timely. They tie in together. Uh, maybe. I don't. No, the only thing that would lead me to think that is it shattered um, into an egg. Well, that yeah, and it's and like the Imperial Guard were coming after it, right? And it's the same and, color. And and Cerise, which who is a Shi'ar, had it. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that's entirely possible. But you know, at least it's in good hands now. Yes. Yeah, at the end of the book. Very good hands. I love the cover to number two. I love. The I cover loved to it too. So yes. Much. One might even say, "Baby soft hands." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what does Mike have to do with this? Oh, Aww. easy now. <laughs> um, that's at M A Haynes. Um, <laughs> compliment about his soft hands. Just do it. Don't ask why. Don't ask why. <laughs> Just do it. Um. <laughs> I don't have my phone. I don't have I, my phone. I can't. I need do this. to go back and read 
the uh, arc of Uncanny Avengers where the two of them at least made out. I don't know that they ever dated, but the arc where the two of them yeah. made out. Yes. I don't know well, if that, that was that... after Zub took I think that was I think that was after Zub took over. Yeah, Which so for those in the know that, that that gives away uh that final page. Rogue and Deadpool. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I assumed, yeah. but you never know with Deadpool. Yeah. It could have been Mike yeah, that, and Deadpool for all I knew. That that cover to the next one though. <laughs> it's so good. This this book has good covers. Good good yeah. Terry Dodson covers. I I am all I am all about this book. Oh, same, hard same. At this point, though, if Kelly Thompson's writing it, I'm just gonna read it. I won't disagree with you. I do like how she took the time in this first one, though, to go back and like really because I'll be honest, the the X Men one, it was all about the surprise of the their wedding. Yeah. This one goes back and really tells. This is as this is kind of their wedding issue. Yeah, it gives them their moment. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it I does. really I liked that. It. I did too. I did. I did find her wearing Kitty's veil very strange, though. Why? Kitty's because, not wearing it. Well, no, but I think that's why. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just superstitious. But I feel like here's a runaway bride's veil. Is not necessarily. I think you've been watching way too many rom com. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think that is in fact possible. <laughs> he is rom- bad at movies. My rom com consumption is even lower than everything else. <laughs> unless your unless your premise is any number of rom coms is too many, and we can discuss that. I would entertain that idea. No, I disagree uh, with that. <laughs> I, I did like just how much Jubilee was into uh, into the whole wedding thing. <laughs> Jubilee's yes. the best. I miss her being a vampire, though. She could have had a really cool wedding umbrella parasol thing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that would have been wonderful. There you go. X-23, and we're going to talk about number one and number two, because we didn't get to talk about one when it came out, because we were, had a live show. Was that that week? I think that was that week. I yeah. do believe it was that week. It yeah. was that week. And number two was out this week. It and is. I read them both today. I read them both. I read one like last week and I read two yesterday. Uh, I'm really, really glad I read them, though, because they were fantastic. <laughs> See, this is the thing that I want to talk about. Like, they're very good. I have no complaints about the quality of the writing in them. But... Or the art, by the way. Or the art. The art is excellent. The art is fantastic. I'm bumping into the tone a little bit. When um, it's just Laura and Gabby, I'm cool. But the cuckoo stuff is like, I don't know, kind of creepier than what I expected. No, oh, that is entirely what it's supposed to be, though. It's supposed no, 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 to it's, be super creepy. I think it is absolutely successful in doing what it wants to do. I just don't know if that's what I wanted from the book. I think this is just a me thing, not an it thing. Um, that's I, fair. I, I think that's going to be just this arc, though. I don't know that that's going to keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I did love, like, there's just some scenes, and of course it's Gabby that, that just steals the show. I mean, but, always. I mean, yeah, there are just <laughs> some scenes where she is just, like, where she, she's like, uh, she goes up to the three cuckoos and she's like, 
She's just stand like there's like four panels of her just standing there. She's like clone power and holds up her fist and they're just staring at her. And you just see this <laughs> boop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you notice the, um, did you notice the name of the restaurant that they went to? To get breakfast? I feel I, like I did, but I don't remember now what it was. Marvel Falafel? Yes. <laughs> yes. I totally missed that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, the guy, the, the waiter that serves them is wearing a t-shirt that says, uh, Falafel Lapuza 23 <laughs> or something. Of course, like, that. that was good very God. good. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, so the cuckoos are in this though. And very even they... creepier than normal. Yeah, I don't know anything about them. Yeah. Teenage hive mind, uh, uh, sidekick to the White Queen Emma Frost. Yeah, they were clones okay. of her, weren't they? I don't know. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I never say, I read the stuff. I never read the stuff where they first showed up. I've only read, like, stuff they've been in. I think the oldest anything of theirs I've read was... Is the Morrison X-Men. Yeah. New X-Men. And they're kind, they're kind of mind-reading, mind-bending, power-ish type yeah. stuff. Cool. Okay. And they're, they're stronger together. And, yeah. And one of them is dead. Well, two of them... Two of two them, of them are dead. dead. Okay. Yeah. One of the uh, okay, so two of them were dead, and then they got better, and then one died again. Is that? That's kind of how this arc. I mean, yeah. their story yeah. of these two that were dead is kind of what this whole arc is about. Yeah, yeah. And how the other two are dealing with it and have some sort of plan, something. But you so know what issue two has this week, Alex? Brian's quote of the week. <laughs> yeah, it does. So uh, Laura's getting ready to uh, to go out, and she's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go check out this scientist. And she she looked at Gabby and says, but you're staying here. You have nunchucks to practice. <laughs> uh, I, I guess. And then, bam. But birthday discussion's not over. Crash. And I broke a lamp with my nunchucks. Clean it up then. That's not what Wolverines do. <laughs> All right, you may be right about that. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of kid doesn't want to practice with nunchucks. Oh, Gabby really is the best. Gabby is so good. <laughs> She's hung up on this whole wanting to know, wanting to pick a birthday. And then she finds out Laura knows what her birthday is, but won't tell her. So she's like completely hung up on this. Which and is understandable. It. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Did you? Uh, so, Alex, are you going to get a new, uh, a new tracking device? A new tracking device. Yeah, that like the scientist has. Did you not see her tracking device? Mm. The fit that boom. Oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was in this book. Yeah. I read everything very quickly, and did I mention <laughs> I'm very tired? The fit fat yes. boom tracking device. I enjoyed device. that. Yes. Yeah. That's very good. Only if you can play Pokemon Go on it. Fair enough. I don't enough. think you can play Pokemon Go on any of them. Yeah, I don't know. I can on my watch. Okay. Yeah, that's more an Apple thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I get the whole 
not being certain about the the creepy tone of this art yeah. with with the cuckoos, but it, I mean, as long as you're okay with that, I, I, everything else yeah. about this book is fantastic in my opinion. Well, and I'm not saying that's a negative, you know, strike against the book. I think that's totally fine. I was just surprised by that. I think it's um, a lot of a lot of what goes on here is very consistent with the the Tom Taylor run. But that one thing is like I think a big left turn in terms of and, his tone and what what kind of stories uh, are being told here. Yeah, the other thing that I'll be honest that I don't like, and we mentioned this before this book ever came out, is the fact that she's X twenty three again. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, really, and like I, I'm really wondering if if like they're the creative team is even kind of behind because like they continuously have gabby like forgetting that she's x20 like laura i mean x23 i mean what whoever just come on (laughs) yeah yeah like why can't she just have a new code name i was gonna say pick a pick a new one but not not don't go back to x23 i don't like that at all i really love that gabby's uniform matches her headband Yes. Like when she shows up later at the church, I was like, this is perfect. But no, because it's Gabby, so of course it does. <laughs> In our theoretical someday, hopefully, will happen Marvel DC crossover, how good <laughs> would Gabby versus Finnick Fox be? Oh my god. Aww. Gabby versus Finnick Fox. <laughs> oh my. Oh my! Yeah, uh, y- you know what? Oh no, I know exactly what I want. I want Gabby versus Finnick Fox, and they're fighting over Damien. But then, or at least no, let, let me th- let me correct that. Damien thinks they're fighting over Damien. Okay. <laughs> okay. That, right. That's bad. And then, and then when they both realize that 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 he thinks that, they like completely quit fighting each other and like are best friends and <laughs> just both hate Damien then. I'm going to laugh when you get like a DM of something of like, how did you figure out our secret plan? <laughs> <laughs> they can start hanging out with Red Arrow. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. Infinity Wars Prime, number one. All of your Infinity Stones delivered in two days or less for free. Yeah. What can Brown do for you? <laughs> oh, my. I'm sorry, what does the brown infinity stone do, Brian? Um, um makes you regular? I don't know. <laughs> thanks. It's the bread stone. Oh. I really expected you to say something about, I don't know, hot girl and her mace, but that's fine. It's early. It is yep. early. I'm going to have to edit so many pauses out of this episode, it's not even funny. Uh, like that one? <laughs> like that one, yeah. Yes. That demonstrative pause. <laughs> which, ironically, will be left in, so the rest of this conversation now makes sense. <laughs> <coughs> so, what did you think of this? I'm actually kind of excited. I really liked this issue. Have you been reading... Did you read the countdown stuff leading up to it, or is this... I've read in? some of it. I haven't okay. read all of it. I was... I, started it i think i read the first two or three or um i don't know i know i've read some of it but then i was like you know what i might wait for all of this to collect because it's a lot it is a lot 
And um, then I saw the schedule at the end of this one and went, nope, it's still a lot. I might just <laughs> wait for it all to collect. Because <laughs> yeah, we're still I'm not, not even in it, so. the war yet. No, well, this is like the segue into it. This is everything yeah. heating up. Um, I... And it's one of those times where the marketing cycle irritates me because how cool would it have been not to know about the twist that comes up that is, in fact, kind of even spoiled by the list of issues at the end, and I won't say any more than that for anyone who hasn't seen the marketing cycle around it. I was wondering if the twist at the end was actually as surprising because I don't pay attention to anything outside of, like, image solicitation. So, I don't mean the last page. I mean actually okay. the checklist that came after the last page. The Even various that... one shots in there give away a thing that's going to happen. Oh, see, I don't think I'm smart enough to realize what that is. Uh, Wait, Alex, I, I just want to make sure that I'm not misunderstanding what you're saying. So, what you're saying is that the Marvel marketing department gave away a big plot point ahead of time? That is literally is almost it... verbatim what I said. <laughs> Is okay, it the title of one of the sure. December ones? Is that what we're talking about? Okay, so if you don't want to know the thing, jump forward. <laughs> there are a bunch of like one shots, or maybe they're one or two issue things that are combined versions of two different heroes. Like there is the Soldier Supreme that is a Doctor Strange Captain America. Oh, okay. So it really is the fact that America. I just don't understand this. That okay. Yeah. Okay. There's one that's so like, someone who's new to Marvel, yeah. Yeah. Or well, and like if you if you read like comics news, which I do a lot, like gotcha. they they've already shown concept art for all these characters and all of that. That's unfortunate. Yeah, like it's cool and it gets me excited for the thing, but at the same time, like I also wish I hadn't seen them because I would enjoy seeing that naturally in the story. So like these are amalgam characters, essentially, but they're not like Marvel DC amalgams. They're no, Marvel, no, no. I'm Marvel sorry, amalgams. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I actually meant that as the word, not as the, yeah. the imprint. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I just, I figured that's how you meant it, but I wanted to be very clear nope, before. Fair you know. Okay, so now that you've said that, this makes more sense. Like these titles make a lot more sense yeah. to me. So okay. Yeah. Um. Is it supposed wanna, to wrap up you... in December? Uh, I think so. It's six issues, five issues. What's the last one in that list? Six issues, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, December or January. Yeah. Do you want to, since you've got it in front of you, run down the list of hybrid characters? We've got Iron Hammer, Soldier Supreme, oh god, something in Moon Knight. The Arachnite, is that it? Arachnite, thank you. That's Spider- oh, Spider-Man Man and Midnight. Oh, that yeah. would make sense, yeah. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> Sleepwalker, Weapon Hex, Ghost Weapon... Panther. What was the Weapon... last one? Weapon Hex. Which is Wolverine oh. and Jonah Hex. And then Ghost... No, it can't be Jonah Hex. It's gotta be... Uh... Oh, uh, no, it's... Uh, is it Scarlet Witch? Scarlet Witch, yeah. Oh, there that makes sense. Yeah. And then Ghost Panther. Which is Ghost Rider and Black Panther. Black Panther. Did I say Sleepwalker? The... Yeah, Sleepwalker's that, that That's Sleepwalker. That's actually not 
Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right I was yeah, like, that's... I was like, because because they're sleepwalker, and I figured that had to be one of them. But like, no. why are they not combined? Okay, never mind. There's also Infinity Warps and Fallen Guardians, so yeah. we got a lot that's going to happen. Infinity Warps, I think, probably sets up all of those because the the Infinity Warps are what those hybrid characters are called. Um, I mean, if it is, it's not coming out till November. So okay, maybe it ties them all up then. <laughs> that might be what it is. Um, and Sleepwalker showed up. If you weren't reading, not Nighthawk. Nighthawk is that what that was called? Darkhawk. Darkhawk. Uh, he shows up at the very end of Darkhawk. So I imagine okay. the Darkhawk stuff will carry on in the Sleepwalker. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. Do we want to talk about what actually happened in this now that we've talked about everything around Yeah. Yeah. I was curious because, you know, Infinity War came out in April and I was like, I know that it's always different in the comic than the actual movie, but it's now been four months, which seems much longer than what I just said. And I don't know. I was just not ready for like another Thanos takes over the universe. So. Well, spoilers. Good yeah. news. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what it is. No, and this is this is that thing Marvel does sometimes. We're like, we're going to do something to tie into marketing for a movie. So we're going to use the name Infinity Wars, even though Infinity War is the thing that the movie is based on, just to kind of get those marketing hits. Right. Um, they did this, I mean, you had Civil War Two. Yep. Not yep. exactly the same because there was no movie, but Secret Wars yep. was secret war related so um we have a new villain who makes their debut in this Ooh, oh a debut. supposed to know who they are no the the identity okay. is hidden there are there are some theories one theory like the predominant theory uh until last week was that it was nebula okay mm. um the end of last week's issue sets it up so it actually could be Gamora. There when was I say a last week, I mean Infinity Gamora. Countdown number five. Okay. Isn't she the one that was looking for trying to gather up the stones? Yes. Okay. And Infinity Countdown number five ends with basically everybody rebuffing her and saying, "No, these are too dangerous. Why on earth would we? Why would? Why on earth would we unite all the stones and just leaving her?" alone like all walking away from her drax goes off with adam strange and the other guardians take their stone and they go adam elsewhere. adam warlock adam warlock because <laughs> if he went off with adam strange then that would be a uh, well both adam warlock that, and that we're actually yeah. getting that doctor strange <laughs> yeah i like the outfit I, it does read that it's probably a female character but maybe that's yeah. just wishful thinking but i love the mask it's an infinity mask Yes. I kind of want You guys that are now. really wanting me to not, make me not wait for this. I don't think I, you should. <laughs> I, I say as I'm getting ready to just switch back to collecting it. It is really unfortunate to me, Brian, that you are not reading this because this is so unlike any other Marvel event. Like, Damn it right. is not always like ha 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 riotously funny. But it is more bright and funny and has these moments that even Secret Wars, which I loved, 
didn't really have. It's a completely different kind of beast. Uh, and it's so, so good for it. So, no, you should you should not wait, Brian. You should go back and read all of Duggan's Guardians run, and then all of Infinity <laughs> Countdown, okay. and now this. Okay, so that I'm much is not going to happen. Countdown. Yeah, that's going to say we might get to the Infinity Countdown part, but that's about as far back as we're going. Okay, that's fine. You can start with Infinity Countdown and jump in. But they the definitely Guardians talk about Gamora in this issue. I like the theory that it's her. Well, Especially and... given her, like what happens in the movie, I am all for her being a big badass. Well, and so, it would make sense too because. Like, the, the whole inciting incident for all of this stone hunting really is Gamora saying, a part of me is still trapped in the soul gem, and I want it back. Right. It really is a perfect motive for her to go to any lengths. Especially when, like you were just saying, like she's supposed to be the biggest badass in the galaxy, and that was... Well, just her arc in the film was my biggest problem with it, because it wasn't Same. her getting to be that. Um... I mean, I have a lot of problems when it comes to that, but Gamora too. is the biggest problem of that movie. Not Every. Gamora, the character. Everything around her. Right. Yep. Um, agreed completely. Um, so it would, be, it would be cool to get to see her not only be that, but be so fed up of everyone's shit that she just does what she needs to do to make herself whole again. Yeah. And Thanos recognizes who it is. Yes, which, I mean, either way, whether it's Gamora or Nebula or even someone else, I mean, there are plenty of people he could right. recognize in that, but I think it's got to be one of the two of them. And I, I want it to be Gamora at this point. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like he's expecting whoever it is to join at first, yeah. despite the fact that like their introduction is to Stab, but he's basically like, all about the grand entrance yeah and, and there's the line of i am made whole so marvel's been all about and even like the last i'd say whole three years they've been all about twisting the whole villainous hero hero is villain type thing yeah yeah whoever it is does smash the gauntlet mm -hmm. so whatever the plan is here i'm all for yeah uh, let's talk about Teen Titans. So I got caught up. Fuck Batman. <laughs> no, 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 not that one. That's all I needed to say. Not that one. Uh, although, I... although based on the last page of this, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, really not. Um, also, I very much want to see Teen Titans go to the movies this weekend if I can find time, which I won't be able to. Is that us this week? Yeah. Oh shit! Came out yesterday. Between yeah, that, Mamma Mia, me. sorry to bother you, and oh, what's the fourth one? Eighth grade. I'm going to probably spend a day in the theater at some point. Hey, when you see Sorry to Bother You, let me know how it is. Oh, definitely. Teen Titans number twenty. Also, if you're me and got a little behind, Teen Titans special number one. I also read this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. So before we get to this episode, because they are kind of separate things. One is they kind are. of a, a setup, but it doesn't. What did you think of the special? I didn't have any problems with the execution of the special. 
reading them back to back, I don't know that I feel like the special was necessary. I okay. think if you maybe wanted a jumping on point and wanted a sense of what the book is going to be, it was useful that way. I don't see that significant of a change from what the book has been to what it is now. That just reading it ongoing warrants a whole separate thing to explain why they're doing this beyond what's in this issue. That said, like, I've been reading Super Sons and I've been reading Teen Titans and I've been reading Flash and I haven't been reading Arrow and Floppies, but I read it in trade, so maybe I just have enough of a picture. Um, that could be. I have trouble, though, imagining the person who picks up this book for this lineup without having read some of those characters in other places. But, yeah, I could, especially since there is kind of an attitude or tonal shift to the, yeah. these characters. That said, I think that's really kind of a metagamey answer. Um, and I think if I had read it two weeks ago when it came out and then read 20 this week, I probably wouldn't have given that answer that way. I could see that because yeah. I think you're bumping on a little more reading it back to back than I am. Um, but also, and I think this is something that kind of we anticipated. I know we talked about if not on the show. I think this is probably a little darker than I want it to be. I think it feels to me maybe like Titans and Teen Titans have swapped tones a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I say, I don't think any of it was bad, and I don't think any of it was poorly executed, and there were definitely moments I enjoyed, especially in 20. Um, I think this is maybe just an example of a book that is not for me, personally. Okay, so that being said... That being said, we get again, a, everything well executed. It is simply a matter of personal preference. We get a we get a new team with this. We do uh, with this book. Um, what did you think of the the new characters? Crush is my favorite. Yes, of of yes. the new characters. Now, like Emmy Queen will always be the best. Right, I get you. Red Arrow is f fantastic. Yeah, yeah. In in any, yes. in any DC universe. Oliver Queen's little sister is the best character. <laughs> I like it. Um, so we get kind of three established characters. We get Robin and Kid Flash and Red Arrow, Emiko. Yes. Uh, and then we get three new characters that, to my knowledge, really haven't existed much anywhere. I mean, Crush definitely hasn't. Right. Um, and I do love her whole... If I ever meet Lobo, I am going to rip him a new one attitude. Yeah, so for those who don't know, she is Lobo's daughter. Yes. And she is only half Zardian, and we don't know who her mother is. And we do know that she lives with foster parents, so she yes. may not know her mother either. Correct, yeah. Um, we have... I'm just going to go ahead and call him Bouncing Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Roundhouse. That's right. Yeah. But I always yes. enjoyed that TV show. He is <laughs> he is absolutely bouncing boy from the Legion of Substitute Eras, yeah. Yeah. Um and then not quite as Raven. <laughs> not so Raven? That was the joke, yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jen, right? 
who yes. is a 4,000-year-old genie. A 4,000-year-old teenager. Yes. I think they describe her as in this issue. Yes. She was also fun. Like the, I will be honest, the new characters, like if, if, if this book were like six new characters, no one but uh-huh. me would be reading it probably. But <laughs> I like the no, new I, characters. No, I'd be reading it. Uh, come on, let's be real. I'd be reading it. Okay, yeah, it's called Teen Titans, so no matter what, you would read it. <laughs> at least an issue of it. Right. I definitely like the new characters in this issue more than, well, more than Robin and Wallace, but. Yes, I I would agree with that. Um, uh, Well, I say that. I like Crush and Jen. Roundhouse is, uh, I'll be honest, I'm kind of like Damien. I'm like, he's kind of a throwaway character to me. Like, he, he may develop something a lot more, but. I think Roundhouse benefits for me of the fact that he reminds me of Gold Balls. Oh yeah, see, I don't have that that yeah. knowledge. So. Um, but then we, uh, we, yeah, but then we get at the very very end we get uh, just how dark Damien has become. Yes. Did he say um, fuck Batman? More <laughs> through actions than words. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that I would say fuck Batman as much as fuck Batman's villains. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, he Is his secret mentor going to turn out to be Professor Pig? That is my question. <laughs> no. No, no. Because that was a very Professor Pig kind of scene. Um, it kind of was. You know who you, you know who my thought is. Damien because, Dark. huh? No, like we've just had him interacting with him. I, I wonder if it's Deathstroke. I've wondered that too. That seems awfully extreme for Deathstroke. Though Deathstroke's not a torture so much as just kill kind of guy. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I don't know. I'm expecting someone more twisted. Maybe like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know who his secret mentor is going to end up being. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to find out, though. I, I will say there's a lot of interesting story hooks that are kind of dropped in this that, you know, I'm assuming at some point they're going to follow up on. There's the whole, you know, crush with her, with Lobo being her dad and that mm-hmm. whole thing and, and not knowing who her mom is. Uh, there's a very pointed uh, something about Jen where she's like, I'm using too much power. He's going to see me. And so, you know, Trigon, obviously that's... I'm sure. Um, maybe. <laughs> it would be an interesting twist since, you know, it's not Raven, but... That was part of my that's not quite so Raven joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. That's an interesting, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. All right. But uh, like I said, there's a lot of hooks that get dropped that I'm assuming are going to get followed up on. Was this the one where there was some sort of calling card that was like claw marks? Uh, yes. Yeah. So there's my something first thought about... was, are they fighting Catman? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't know. Maybe no. Um, hey, here's here's one idea for who Damien's mentor could be. Owlman. 
Oh, that would fit. Uh, no, it's a it's the claw marks are by this villain known as the other is the only way they're describing him. But no, that would totally Owlman would totally fit. If it's Owlman, I need you to tell me to jump back on the book. Oh my God! Okay, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that that will yeah. definitely get mentioned to you if that's the case yeah. because that would be amazing. I'm a I'm a huge crime syndicate fan though. So yeah, for the most part, I think Owlman is still alive and at large on Earth. I think that is his current status quo. So that would be great. Uh, but Just, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Okay, I think. I think it was really well executed. It's just I'm in one of those I'm in one of those moods where I don't necessarily enjoy dark books as much right now and this is a little darker. Yep, I get it. Yep. Totally uh, get it. I'm I'm frankly just counting the days until Unstoppable Wasp comes back <laughs> to brighten your world. Yes. Justice League Dark number 1. As we talk about brightening your world and we turn oh, yeah. Justice League Dark. I right? Oh, I loved this. This <laughs> I was love this. Wonder Woman and Detective Chimp drinking together is just the best. <laughs> like, I so want to be at that bar when that happens. What did you guys think of this one? I loved it. I had no idea what to expect. And I mean, you, you've got Detective Chimp and Zatanna, so you, it, like it's already it sold me before it ever came out. And Swamp Thing and Wonder Woman, and Constantine shows up. And I was not prepared for just how great this version of the Man Bat is. Yeah. So let's talk about Man Bat for a minute. So, uh, Kirk Langstrom, right? He people who don't know Man Bat. Uh, he's a lot like uh, the lizard from I was gonna say he's Batman's answer to the lizard yep yep so he um, you know basically he took a, a form he created a formula and took it and it changed him into an actual bat half bat half man uh, <laughs> which went crazy and attacked people and all that stuff well he's now at a point where he can kind of change halfway between Langstrom and, and man bat and like still have complete faculties and reason and control of himself and all that. Or he can take the original formula and go full bat for to be stronger and tougher and you know, basically ass kicker. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I like this control that he has. Yeah, he's he's clearly a little like damaged. He's not all there. I, yeah. as, I assume as a side effect of taking the serum. Yeah. But he really just wants to do good again and help. He's tired of being on the wrong side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be clear, what one of the things that's so ridiculously great about this is that in-between form, he is 100% total human body except for the head. He's yes. got a bat head on a completely human body, and it looks ridiculous. <laughs> Like, in the best way. Yeah. And he's yeah. working for the League and for Wonder Woman, studying these, like, corpses that have been mutated by magical energy as a result of all the no-justice stuff. Yeah. So the basic premise of this is, after uh, no-justice, Wonder Woman is figured out that at the tree with the Tree of Wisdom, 
magic has started going wonky. bad. Like it's not working <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it started going bad. Um, so she has been going around trying to recruit everyone she can to that has ties to to mystical magical stuff to a new Justice League Dark team. And they're and all telling her no. <laughs> no one will take her up on it because, quite honestly, she's <laughs> she's, she's too woman. mainstream for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the best way I can think to say it. Yeah. Um yeah, she's kind of the princess in the ivory tower of magic and they're all like no. Magic is a dark gritty underbelly goth rebellion type thing <laughs> and Yeah, just ask Dr. Fate yeah. in his literal ivory tower. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, we we don't get to Dr. Fate yet, but No, we don't. <laughs> um so yeah, they're all basically all telling her no. And as a matter of fact, they're all trying. They're all of the magical type people are gonna meet up at uh, what is it? Winter Winter Gate? What's the what's the Winter Castle? I can't Something remember. like that. Yeah. yeah. Shoot, I can't remember what it's called. But um, so the heroes and villains were are both uh, meeting up to try to figure out what's going on with magic. And uh, Constantine shows up outside to talk to Zatanna and because he actually didn't get invited because everyone kind of thinks he's a scammer, not a real magic user. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they're not on great terms right now. Constantine and Zatanna. When no. are they on great terms? Well, they were a couple for a long time. That doesn't I don't say mean a long they were time. on great I was about terms. to say, <laughs> well, you were very that's lucky. A, that's a very fair statement. <laughs> that's a very fair statement. No, I um, I really dug this. I it's a weird assortment of characters, and that's part of what I love about it. But also, Titan has super clear voices for all of them. Yeah, each of them I, has a role and a purpose. I do agree with that. Yeah, it's very clear that um, he knows exactly what he wants these characters to be and how they're going to fit. Yeah, I just like that it still had some humor in it. Does yeah. the dragon out there snore? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bobo is such a great character. D- Detective Chimp is is one of my favorites. Yeah. Detective Comics nine eighty five. Speaking <laughs> speaking of detectives. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, uh, this is more uh, Batman and Jefferson Pierce, i.e., Black Lightning. And kind of their story and how they're coming together and what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I think we talked briefly about the first issue of this. I just, I really love this arc so far. I am digging what Brian Hill is doing. And I think, I think there are a couple of reasons why it's working so well for me. One is, especially in this issue, you see... Bruce still being Batman, just not wearing the suit. Like a lot of times I think when writers use Bruce in civilian clothes, it's just to go out and be a facade. But there's like playboy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole sequence in this where Bruce is like, I need to think on this. I need to pump some adrenaline to get my memory going. I'm going to take this convertible and I'm just going to go out driving and push it and, 
not be Batman, not be in the Batmobile, just be by myself thinking and trying to remember. And there's something that's really interesting to me about about that, about using using him out of the suit in a way that I think is very human, but yeah. is still him being Batman. Yeah, he yeah he's much more attitude and action wise Batman in that than he is quote Bruce Wayne. But he's doing a thing that is not a Batman thing to do, so he takes off Correct. the uniform like right. that. It's a really really minute distinction, I think, and one that if it weren't there, like the issue would still be really cool. But that's the moment where I realized I think why why I'm liking this arc so much because it has that kind of really. Like specific, personal, not like in in like an intimate way, but in a this is a person, this this is a human. It's got these really human moments for really everyone in it. Uh, we also we also in this one learn Karma's origin. We do, I, and I like this villain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. And it's funny to me because when this arc started, the one concern I really had is that Karma's M.O. is so much like what the Joker did in Death of the Family. But it feels like a completely different version of that. It feels like a more... Extreme is maybe not the the word. I think it's it's less... Less personal than when the Joker does it. I think it's more about the idea of Batman in the same way that in the same way that Karma doesn't want people diluting Batman's brand. I think he is every bit as much defined by it. Oh as yeah, I get yeah. anyone as, who as is any of the Robins or any of the other yeah. Bat yeah folk. Um. I know it's it's a really simple, straightforward kind of story, but with so many little details and hooks and pieces that iterate and complicate on one another that I don't it's just a really engaging read. Um I I do very much enjoy the story. There is one thing that I am very conflicted about with it, and that is although I think it's fantastic because I really want her on this team. Um, I don't get the whole Batman wanting Barbara to be kind of following Jefferson's lead as, you know, he's this leader that needs to, and it's not just like a leader. It's like he wants Jefferson to, to watch over and take care and train and, and I I don't want to use the word babysit because it's not that, but kind of like guard over mentor these this group and barbara does not fit under that to me i definitely get that i do think there are a couple of reasons why barbara being around makes sense for me and i don't think either of them is exactly the stated reason bruce gives jefferson one is close to that. One is simply Barbara has been training Cass, and I think probably it's easier to get Cass to go along if Barbara's also there. Okay, I'll buy that. But the other is this idea that really kind of Barbara herself introduces in this issue that 
what Batman is doing is a test for Jefferson. Jefferson can't just follow orders at face value. He needs to himself go off book some and make his own decisions and do those kinds of things. And if Barbara is right, it also makes sense that Bruce would put Barbara in the room to be the one to say that. Like Barbara's inclusion in the scenario in some way proves her own point. Because she is the one most likely to say, no, what Bruce is doing is stupid. Come on, let's do our own thing. And to get Jefferson thinking that way. And to see that that is a valid paradigm inside of the Bat family. Uh, okay, I guess I can see that. So uh, it, she's there for a specific purpose, which is to push that group dynamic in a certain direction. Yeah. like okay. I think if this were more than just an arc, or if this evolves into being an outsider's book or whatever, mm-hmm. I think the future of kind of this setup would be less Barbara is student on equal level to Duke and Cass. And more like, Barbara is the TA. Yeah, I could I could see that. Or even Barbara is at the same level as Jefferson in running the group. Like, I don't think her, her trajectory in this is simply being one of the kids. Okay. Yeah, uh, but... Like I said, that just that's kind of the yeah. the only thing that that I bump against. Well, no, and that. I think I think that's totally valid, but I can't imagine that that would be the one thing that is such a weird loose end. I have to assume, as tight as other things in this are, that there's a purpose and a reason behind her being where she is in that capacity. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to stop reading. I like no, it, but. DC Beach Blanket Bad Guys 2018 Special. Beach Blanket? Yes. This is All right. not so beach themed, I think, as much as generally summer themed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I figure, is, but yeah. This is one of those anthology collections of a bunch of like six to eight page stories about different villains in the summertime. Yeah, it's okay. it's similar to like the young monsters in love or yeah, those kind of things. Yeah, I think in general this is probably overall the best of these that have come out in the last couple of years. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I think I've said in one of the other anthologies that we reviewed that uh, for the I mean. I, when you get an anthology like this with 10 different stories, obviously you're going to get a mixed bag somewhat. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, these anthologies, the stories that are in them are a lot better than I remember anthologies being. Yes. Um, and I think I think you said the last time we talked about one of these that you, know, you get, if you've got, say, six in an anthology, you yeah. get two that are great and two that are okay and a couple that fall flat. Yeah. And there were, were there 10 in this one? Is that what you just said? There are 10, yes. There were really only two that didn't work for me. I, uh, there, that, that may be about right, yeah. There were a couple in here that I absolutely loved. Um, especially that Paul Dini, Jean-Paul Leon, uh, oh, the, Mr. The Mr. Freeze. Freeze. 
Yeah. <laughs> I would read a Mr. Freeze miniseries from that team. Yeah, I remember when I was reading through that, I was I, I like I had to go back and look. I was like, wait, wait, wait who wrote this one? It's like Paul Dini. I was like, oh yeah, because like he got this. Yeah. Um, you see the giant robot mech. I'm like, a Mr. Freeze mech is a little ridiculous. But exactly. then again, Mr. Freeze is a little ridiculous. <laughs> yep. And by much. the end of it, it's so like. It humanizes Mr. Freeze in a way that, that in a context that he's not normally humanized. I was going to say, but at the same time, that's the deal about Mr. Freeze, right? Is yeah. there's a piece of him, a piece of his whole character motivation that is very humanizing and yeah. always has been. Well, that's why I had to swap it, what I was going to say. It's the context that is different. It is you're not right. Yeah, you're right. That he is humanized. Yep. Um, Although I've got to say, license not making your 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 uh, food truck villain themed and not licensing that that does just seem like a bad idea waiting to happen. <laughs> You're like inviting <laughs> the villain to show up, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, pretty um, much. But nobody's gonna buy snow cones from someone in a parka. <laughs> <laughs> um, I dug that one. I. I dug the Giganto one. The Giganto Strong, yeah. Yeah, which I think was Michael Marisi. Yeah, that was uh, Marisi, yes. Um, the Cheetah one, especially the art of that one, was gorgeous. Uh, uh, yeah, the, um, the, the Deathstroke one, too, was... Wow. Um... Yeah, I, I'm not totally sure how I feel about that one. If I'm honest. not either, but like it, 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 it was a, it was kind of a thinker. It was kind of yeah. a, ooh, okay. Um, I also really liked the Lex Luthor one. Lex's car breaks down, <laughs> and this guy stops to help him, and he's got the Superman symbol tattooed on his upper arm. Oh no. And it's like everything Lex can do not to just kill this man. And finally he's like, I have to ask why. Why do you have that tattoo? And he tells this story and like the two of them kind of bond over originally. This guy didn't like Superman that much. And then he talks about having met Superman and... How Superman shared he has like the same problems. Yeah. Just at a different scale. And they have the same favorite burrito place. Yeah. Ugh, so it's the whole Martha thing again. No, it's better than that. <laughs> it, it is far better than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then it's just it's just like salt in Lex's wound at that point. Lex goes to try to pay the guy for a second. Like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to do what Superman would. Oh. <laughs> and of course, Lex just... Fumes. Yeah. So the, I know the, the probably the one that fell the most flat for me was the penguin story. Yes, uh, I, I yeah, I didn't need that, but oh well. Um, there's this weird, and this is not exclusive to this particular story. There is this weird desire people seem to have that even predates Gotham to go and explain the penguins' origins. Yeah, and it just never ever works for me 
It's there always... is no version of shitty, maladjusted rich kid that makes him an interesting villain. No, it just makes him a dick. Like, not in a good way. Like, not in an interesting way. Just in a... I, like, I don't go know, back yeah. to 4chan. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, go back like to 4chan. You're the worst, that took you're way the too worst long to register. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> The penguin is never more interesting by being made some kind of just... And I'm not saying there's not a place for lampooning this behavior in comics. There is. It's just penguin's not the place to do it. But like he would definitely be one of those not-all-men type MRA uh, assholes, the way he's written in this. That's fun. And it's not... The twist in it is not shocking or tragic. Nope. or It's just like... yeah, the It's totally predictable, dick. yeah. This guy who tried to help him should have seen this is what was going on. Dude's a creep. <laughs> Don't enable. Like, yeah. Uh, crime syndicate one? That's the other one I was mixed on. Okay. And I think I mixed on it more just because of the beats of the plot than any particular execution in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's the whole... Um... You know, you're set up with this one thing, and then this other character comes in, and yeah, you know, like I, on I, the one it, hand, okay, if <laughs> Owlman is the dark mirror of Batman, yes, he'd be prepared, but also like, I don't know, I would not have minded seeing Superwoman actually get her way and not be like uh, literally have her autonomy taken away from her. It, it reminded me so much of exactly what you were talking about with that Harley Joker prelude yeah. to the wedding book yep where yeah. she has this plan but there you know no matter how how good or what she does there's it, it, there's always somebody who can just take that away from her yeah yeah it, it did have a little it not nearly as bad as the joker harley one no just because of that dynamic of the relationship that those two have always had but and it, i don't mm. i don't think if someone told well, no, not just if. Like, I have very much the same problem with Rucka's Wonder Woman run. There's an entire arc of that in which she just completely loses all autonomy. I think the idea here is, well, she's a villain, so it's okay if that happens. But it's not. Yeah, it's just... The fact I, I that think... she's evil mm -hmm. doesn't make her not human. Right. Right. And like, okay, it's, the it's, fact, it's the fact that yeah, it's the fact that you write these stories, not that yeah. they deserve it or don't deserve it or anything else. Yeah, like in good versus evil, yes, good should beat evil. In evil right. versus evil, uh, you can't. You still have to have someone to root for. Yeah, and it's set up so much. It's set up so that essentially, like, she's the one who you who you want to see win in this and she still doesn't get to it's still it's like I, if I, Charlie Brown got to pull the football out from under Lucy it's just <laughs> not right yeah it, it it just feels bad yeah I'll yeah. give you that All right, Lucy pulling the football works Charlie Brown pulling it does not the end yeah <laughs>
let's hit Aquaman and Mara Queen of Atlantis number six together and okay. pretty quickly because I don't know. This is tying up a lot of stuff Abnett's been doing for the last year or two. Yes. Um, we finally see the, the end of the conflict with Coram Wrath. We see Aquaman and Mara's parallel tracks finally come back together in Aquaman, read the Mara book before the Aquaman issue. Yes. Yeah. Um, Definitely. We learn what Orm's fate is. We do. Uh, and all in all, like I really, really dug how the individual pieces of this came back together. Like I enjoyed the individual pieces, but the whole thing is, I think, super, super satisfying. I completely agree. I like how they blended these back in yeah. and made it bigger than what both of them were. Yeah. And I'm going to call spoilers, but if you've been reading these two books and Metal, I don't think it's a surprise. Uh, well, and certainly if you listen to solicitations that are coming up, you knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like the marketing copy, the solicitation copy, like tried not to say explicitly even though implicitly no, it was very much a part of it yeah the title of the whole art kind of gave it away though yeah. yeah um aquaman maybe accidentally causes atlantis to rise what? He, sec he, he secreted into the universe yes <laughs> like very literally actually in metal yes uh, exactly atlantis has risen it is sitting atop the seas now. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, just such a beautiful, beautiful book. Like, I know we talk all the time about how great Stepan Shayek's art was, but uh, Federici's art is also very good. Yeah, I, I will tell you, I did have to buy both covers of this book this week. It's, Do what? I did have to buy both covers of the oh, book yeah. this week. Yeah. Yeah. How about Action Comics 1001? Uh, Bendis' new start in action. Yes. Oh, I read this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of it? It's a Superman comic. I keep trying. This one is... Of all of his Superman stuff so far, this, I think, is the one that feels the most like homework. I don't feel like this... Obviously, the events of this were set up in Man of Steel. But I yes, don't yeah. feel like, tonally, this book comes straight out of that. I feel like he spends about half of this issue setting up a different sort of scope and tone and perspective from everything he's built so far. Uh, and I bumped into that a little at first, but by the end of it, I did really dig it. I'm interested to see where this one goes. I don't recognize these villains, though. Brian, do you? The, which villains? The group at the end. The group at the end. Glowy lady. Oh, uh, no. I, I don't okay. think you're meant to. Uh, okay. I think these are, yeah, these are new... Character, because right. if uh, uh, 
running through all of the books this week is this the kind of this glowing demon person. You know, who yeah. is it? That's the big mystery. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that that is Batman right. this week. That's right. Yeah. I just... The last Superman I read was his quick anthology, I think, which was, yeah. what, in May or April? And I assume there have been issues since then, but it feels like nothing new has happened. And that, for me, just is like... Part of the reason I don't like superhero comics that much is like I feel like things drag and then it all kind of speeds up all at once and I don't know. I, I'm not convinced to jump on Superman yet. That's well, fair. it sounds a little bit like maybe some of that is Bendis's style in particular because he does tend That's to fair. write that way where he is very decompressed in terms of storytelling timeline. But spends a lot more time on conversation and groups of characters and quipping and joking and that kind of thing. Maybe, but it doesn't even feel like anything's developed since I last picked up a Superman comic. Other than, like, there's been fires. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I... The actual issue isn't bad. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was an easy read. And... The stuff at the end was really cool, but at the same time, I was just like, I can't remember when I last picked up a Superman comic, and to feel like nothing has really progressed since was kind of a letdown. Yeah, yeah. I can I can definitely see that, and I think, like, I think if you read Man of Steel like one or two, and then jumped to this, that that would absolutely be the case because Man of Steel did this kind of strange yeah. thing structurally where it starts off setting up the plot beats that are in this. And then the other th- four issues essentially all set up what's in Superman. Interesting. Okay. So, cause like the fire thing was a big deal. The first couple of issues. And then you really didn't hear about it again until the very end of six. Right. Well, and one of the things, and this is definitely kind of like you were talking about with Bendis's style is, I think the reason he spends so much time on those conversations is because that's what makes you care about the characters yeah. in his stories. And when you care about the characters, that's why when four to six issues later, you know, what kind of towards the end of the arc, when things actually happen to them, you care mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. That's fair. But I definitely, like, I definitely know people and, 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 like when I was first getting into comics, I had a couple of people like try to wave me away from the Bendis stuff just because of how how he paces things they weren't big fans of. And I definitely see that. Like I can see that being an issue. Especially if you if your touchstone in the other direction is something like Saga, where so much happens so quickly. And also there's the heavy yeah. focus on relationship and character. Yeah. Um I think it's just a completely different tool set, but I get maybe that tool set is not for everyone. Yeah. That being said, I do love how he opens just about every issue he's doing with like Superman just, you know, stopping some sort of crime or bag and like yeah. clips <laughs> that happen during that. Cause I they're, they're did like good. that. I did yeah. like the whole, like, I can't stop shooting. <laughs> he's going to throw his gun at me. Like I, I did enjoy that. Yes. Yeah. But then when I got into the meat of this, I was like, oh, literally nothing has happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's fine. Like, 
I get slow burns and maybe this is something that is better in a trade. Um, because I do know that I read some comics that are a slow burn that if I read them issue to issue, I would probably put them down and never pick them back up. Yeah. So I recognize that this is probably more on me than it is on the actual comic. Well, it's like I was saying earlier with Titans. It's, it's preference. Yeah, it is. That's why there's so many different types of comic stories out there. Um, let's do, is it still good? Speaking of a bunch of different comic stories, let's yeah. do it. yes. Brian, a walk through hell number three. Um, still good. Still only half know what's going on, and uh, if you're not already reading this month to month, I would say wait and read this in trade because it's probably going to be a lot better. Batman Beyond number twenty two. We learn the identity of the new Scarecrow and why she hates Batman. Doomsday Clock number six, Brian. Um, we get the origin story of Marionette and Mime, and it's just about as heartbreaking as you would expect. Flash and Joker, number and Joker likes them. <laughs> Flash number fifty-one, Brian. Um, this really—I I think they even title this epilogue of the Flash War, and yep. that's exactly what it is. Not a ton happens, but we just kind of. Tie up some emotional loose ends. Mother Panic, Gotham AD number five, Brian. <laughs> Finnick Fox is still the best. Um, <laughs> and Mother Panic makes a decision about her future. The Terrifics, number six, Brian. Uh, the Terrifics get away from their current predicament and finally get an answer to what's been going wrong, and who's behind it. Charlie's Angels, number two, Brian. (laughs) Uh, The Angels do what Charlie asked them to do and find out that might not have been the right idea. Saga number 54, summary withheld to avoid spoilers. I can take off my headphone. There's literally nothing I can say about this issue that's not a spoiler. Okay. It's Saga. Fucking read it. Yes, and then realize that it's going on break for a year at least, which it deserves. Yes. Perfect time to catch up, Brian. Yep, sure is. (laughs) Amazing Spider-Man number two. Pete goes back to school and is beside himself. (laughs) Marvel two-in-one number eight. Uh, we see Johnny and Ben lay themselves bare. Moon Knight number 197. Moon Knight decides it's time for him to join a new club. Multiple Man number two, Meg. Oh, God. They go back to the present future and meet the resistance, I think is the best way to sum it up. Punisher number 228. Tony decides that Frank has had the suit long enough. Century number two, Brian. Um, uh, Misty decides that she can't risk Century getting loose 
and Sentry makes his own decisions about that. Venom number four. We learn that the Clintar is a living metaphor for French philosopher Foucault. Oh god, wait, what was this? Venom. Okay. Yeah. Uh, X-Men, Grand Design, Second Genesis, number one, Brian. Um, if you like the first two issues of, of this, you should definitely pick it up because it is absolutely more of the same. That is the definition of this segment. Yes, it is. Come on, summarize a book that does 60 issues of X-Men all at once. In yeah, one I was going to say, summarize a, a book that summarizes 60 issues of X-Men. <laughs> okay. Chris Claremont, the Phoenix gets knocked Phoenix down, stuff and she good. gets up again. You ain't never going to keep her down. Oh, God. Well, but she might keep herself down. Britannia, Lost Eagles of Rome, number one. They finally uh, find Mordor. The Detectioners get a new assignment and decide to pursue it in their own way. Long box book report. It's a long box book report, Brian. Oh, wow. That was quick. Um, yeah, so we've got Give Me Liberty, an American Dream. One, Home and Gardens. Uh, so this, so is, this is about the little mouse, is that right? Uh, not unless that little mouse gets horribly eaten because people don't have enough food. Um, Frank Miller and Dave Gibbons. Uh, this is a Dark Horse oh book that came out in 1990. <laughs> Frank Miller presents Fievel Goes West. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, a, this is a story about a girl who was born in 1995 in Cabrini Green, which if you don't know is a, uh, uh, like a housing projects, uh, big housing projects. And that same that next year, nineteen ninety six, this president gets elected, and one of the first things he does, like this was a little too on the nose. One of the first things he does is get rid of the twenty second amendment, so he can be president as many times as he wants. Oh. And yeah, like this whole totalitarian state starts getting set up, and she talked about how she can never get out of the green, um, and. Then as she grows up, bad things happen, like really bad things happen, and we basically it's just a story of her life as she grows up and gets put into institutions and then manages to get out and then joins the American Peace Force, who is now tasked with... Um, as a military force preserving the uh, Amazon jungle and like corporate private armies are fighting against them. And like, it's just really uh, kind of hard to read. Um, the idea I, and of I don't mean that government it, protecting the environment is well, so outlandish to me that this book <laughs> sounds optimistic. No, well, the reason for that, though, is that president who had been elected four times, um, he and every member of his cabinet and everyone in the line of succession is killed in a, in a, uh, uh, a bomb. Rogue jet ski accident. 
Uh, no, as a matter of fact, it's um, Saudi Arabia that does it because um, they accidentally, like apparently Russia and America have these giant space lasers um, and they accidentally set all of the oil in Saudi Arabia on fire. They were aiming for somebody else and missed, I think, something like that. Oh, yeah, it was, they were aiming at Lib Libya but missed. Um, so... Uh, Basically, Saudi Arabia launches, uh, sets off a bomb and destroys everyone in the president's cabinet, except for the Secretary of Agriculture, who because he was homesick with the flu. So he becomes the president, and like the first thing he does is he uses all of this uh, power that the president has amassed as a semi-dictator to like start doing all of this liberal agenda of protecting the environment and uh, enforcing rights for people and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he's got all this power now that the presidency has amassed. So uh, that hints the reason that the uh, this American Peace Force was like in like eight different places around the world trying to enforce the American ideal on these other countries. And he pulls them all back and sends them all to Brazil to start protecting the rainforest. So it's... Like I said, it's very interesting, and it's presented in an odd way. Like, a lot of it is, is traditional comic and panels and that kind of stuff. But then you get, like, these three-page inserts that are like this article from a magazine that's a story about this new president. And then you get, like, one that's like a, uh email that she sends back home to her mom at one point. And so you get these mixed-media-type things that are inserted in here that are... You know, not unwelcome, but just interesting. Um, How are the butts? Um, <laughs> you know, there's really not much in the butt department. Um, That's unfortunate. But the art is very, very pretty. Um, I, you know, I'm sure if there were butts, they would be quite attractive because <laughs> the rest of the art is. So, um, cool. Yeah, and that's about it. Awesome. Yeah. All right, I'm going to roll my dice. Here we go. Oh, look, Alex, it's you. <laughs> I didn't see any dice actually roll. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Here, wait. No, actually, here. See? Dice. I'm going to roll one. You asked for it. That's right. See? Here. This is the, the die. Right. Oh, look, it came up, Alex. You have a die that has my name on it? Uh, it might as well. It actually is completely blank. It doesn't have anything on it. So <laughs> one through six says Alex. One through six says Alex. Yep. But it's in blue on a blue die, so it's really hard to read. <laughs> <laughs> Why you would order the Eiffel sixty five die? <laughs> Very nice. We would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. We're available on your podcatching platform of choice, and if not, let us know. We'll try to get there. You can also listen to us on our website at panelologypodcast.com. You can subscribe to us. You can rate and review us. Both of those things are very helpful. If you would like to be helpful in a monetary sense, you can support us at patreon.com slash panelology. Uh... You can listen to more of Meg and me, both along with Jen and occasional guest ghost Tim, on Minds at Yerk, 
our Animorphs reread podcast. We yeah. just released episode four about book four this past week and are going to record next week's episode this week. It just hit me that at some point the numbers won't line up with the books and that's really going to bother me. I've got a system for that. <laughs> okay. Are you going to do episode 8.2? <laughs> um, there are mechanisms to name and number episodes in a way that will let us keep things lined up. All right. Yeah. So there. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. We'll keep it all. We'll keep it all in sync. He has a plan. <laughs> I want it that way. Um, where else can people listen to you, Meg, if they want you, but not any of the rest of us? Uh, just go follow me on Twitter at Meg Griffin with three G's in the middle. Um, mostly because I don't really update any websites anymore or anything. So, um, but yeah, I have outside of Minds at York three other podcasts. Um, Fabulous Retellings, Judging Book Covers, and Handbook Podcast. So go check them out. Cool. And don't get too cocky about it. <laughs> That'll only make sense if you go listen to... Handbook. Handbook. I was going to say, pick one and start on that one and just work your way through. Eventually you'll <laughs> find an answer, but Meg's nicer than me. I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm Brian. And I'm Megan. Bye. Take care. Everyone.